In this episode, we're gonna be talking about the top option questions that most people ask, and we're gonna be breaking down the myth of options being more risky than buying a stock. Let's get into it. You're listening to the Money, Markets, and Mindset Podcast, where it's all about learning how to have your money work hard for you instead of you working hard for it. And now your host, stock market coach and options trader, Jason Brown. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Money Markets and Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, stock market coach and real money options trader, Jason Brown. And hey, if you're new around here, we're in a series all about options. And we are wrapping up the series with the top 10 questions that most people ask about options. So if you missed the first few episodes of the series, go back, check them out. We broke down what are options and how they work at a high level. We broke down what are call options and how you would use those. What are put options and how you would use those. Then we talked about advanced option strategies like spreads, which really take your trading and your investment game to the next level. And we're wrapping up the series with, again, the top 10 questions that options traders have. And also, if you want to check out one of our free trainings all about how options work with real examples and a visual, you can head on over to thebrownreport.com. And right there on our homepage, as long as it's still on our homepage, by the time you listen to this episode, you will see a free online training for options. So register for that. Just put your email address in, pick your date and time, and you can check out that entire free training series to get a visual and a little bit more information about options trading. And then we got our Power Trades community over at powertradesuniversity.com. If you want the courses, the coaching, the community to see what type of trades I'm making, we do that all over at powertradesuniversity.com. So let's dive in to the top 10 option questions. The first option question that we want to tackle is what is the difference between stock and options trading? Okay, so most people are confused on what 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 is it and how do they differ? And the biggest difference is that when you buy a stock, you actually own a piece of the company. You own a certificate, you own a share of the company and that stock doesn't have an expiration date. So you can hold it and own it for as long as you wish or as long as the company is in business. The other thing is that stock can earn a dividend. Now, when you think about options, you don't actually own the stock, but you have the right to buy or sell the stock at a certain price for a certain amount of time. So the, the, the main difference is one, you own it. The other one, you have the right to own it, okay? So you don't actually own it, but buying an option, you have the right to go get it at some point for a certain price. So that's the biggest difference, ownership versus having the right to own something. That's gonna be the biggest difference between uh, buying a stock or buying the option. And so the next question, we often see is why is option trading considered risky? And this is a great question. And I always think about this one and it baffles me that option trading is even considered risky in the first place. 
And the reason this one kind of baffles me a little bit, because I believe that option trading is less risky. But why do people consider it risky and why do I think it's less risky? Let's dive into that a little bit further. The first reason that I believe society considers option trading risky is simply because most people don't understand how options work. And when people don't understand how something works, they typically get hurt. And so people are rookies or people who haven't had the proper training, proper courses. They come to the stock market. They heard all about options and how you can make a ton of money. And they just dive in without fully knowing how they actually work. And so what happens is they tend to lose all their money. And so inherently it gets a bad rap for being risky. But the, the question may be, it's considered risky because people don't understand it. Well, what are the components of it that people don't understand? Well, options have more moving pieces than a stock, okay? So a stock, you buy it, you can hold it forever. And so it's not a lot of brain power. It's not a lot to do or think about. Do I wanna own Apple? Sure, I buy a share. When it comes to options, there's different components that you have to pay attention to. Number one, you have to pay attention to what's called a strike price, which means at what price am I agreeing to buy it at? So that's gonna be news, like what's the strike price? Well, that's the price that you're agreeing that you can go buy it at, I should say, at some point in the future, assuming you're buying a call option. So that's a new component versus the price of the stock is just the price of the stock. Well, now when you buy option, you say, well, what price would I want to be able to buy it at, at some date in the future? Which brings us to the next component, the date in the future. You have to pick an amount of time that you want to have that right. And so now you just introduce what price do I want to buy it at? And for how long do I want that option to be open or the option to buy it at that price? And so just introducing those two elements now add a level of complexity that you don't necessarily have with the stock. And so because of that, if you pick the wrong price that you would like to buy it at, if you pick the wrong time frame, and when I say wrong, I mean you haven't looked at a stock chart, you don't know where you think the stock is going and you don't know what time frame you think it's going, that now becomes risky because you could buy the wrong theoretical price by the wrong theoretical amount of time and thus your option could expire worthless. So that leads us to the third question, which is why do most options expire worthless? And I just explained a little bit of that, but most options expire worthless because people don't read the stock chart. They don't know how to determine where a stock is going or why, and they don't know how to determine the correct amount of time frame. So what happens is the less amount of time that you purchase on your option. So for example, let's just say I want to buy an option on Apple and I want that option to be for seven days means it expires in a week. Well, what happens is most people will buy the cheapest option they can find because they're, they're, they're gamblers, right? And so the cheaper option is typically, or for the most part, it's always going to be the option with the least amount of time. Time is associated with risk. Is think about when we talked about the house example. If someone said, hey, 
I would like to buy your house from you and I'd like the option to buy it within 30 days. You may say, hey, you need to put down a thousand dollar deposit. So that would be the cost of your option to buy that house in 30 days. But if you came to me and said, I like to buy your house in six months. Now I have to hold the property for six months. I have to worry about if people are going to break into the house. I have to carry an electric bill, gas. I have to carry insurance on the house. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, here in Michigan, we're going into winter in six months. So now I got to worry about the pipes freezing and busting. So the longer the time frame, what happens is I want to get paid more for all of that risk that I have to take on for holding it. So I wouldn't want a $1,000 deposit. I might want a $10,000 non-refundable deposit at that point. Does that make sense? Because there's more risk. And so when you look at why most options expire worthless, a lot of people come in and I may, you know, maybe they'll take my train. I'll say, hey, give yourself twice as long as the chart is telling you that it's going to take for the option to move. And so when they look at the chart and say, well, it's going to take two months for the stock to do what we think it's going to do. That means you should buy a four month option. But what most people do is they come in and say, well, the four month option is a little bit more expensive. So I'm going to buy the 30 day option or the seven day option and or two week option and make sure see if it can move in two weeks. And so because people go in and they buy the wrong time frame, they want the cheapest option. Typically, the option will end up expiring worthless because the stock market doesn't just move and flow specifically uh, on in a week because you wanted it to move in a week. It may take two weeks, three weeks. It may take six months. And so that's why it's important to look at the chart, determine the right time frame. And most people don't know how to do that. And so that is why most options that people buy expire worthless. Now, there is something that you can do to put the odds on your side, and that is to become a seller of options. And we may touch on that um, in a moment because I think that's one of the questions. So the next question, though, is when trading options, do I have to wait until expiration if my options are already profitable or if I'm losing on an option trade? And this is a good question. This is a great question because one of the misconceptions is that if I bought a six month option, Jason Brown, what if I'm in the profit after 30 days? You're telling me I got to still wait five months in order to get my profit? And the answer is no. You can actually take whatever profit you have at the 30 day mark, at the 60 day mark. You don't have to actually wait the full term to close out that trade. It's just you have six months for the trade to do what you think it's going to do. But if it does it sooner in 30 days, 60 days, you can actually take the profit and run. Now, on the flip side, if the stock is doing the opposite of what you believe it's going to do, and so your option is losing money, if it drops to a point where you feel like it's not worth holding, it's not worth uh, waiting the entire six months, you can actually close out the trade early. So you can close down your option trade and take a smaller loss. And you don't actually have to wait 
and watch the entire option trade go to zero. So that's good information to know. And that's why we want to bust these myths up because option trading is not as risky as you think. Now, another question that is typically asked is what is the minimum amount of money or should I say, what is the maximum amount of money I can lose trading options? But I actually want to sneak in an extra question because it's kind of two questions in one. One is, what is the minimum amount of money that I can use to start trading options? You can trade options with as little as $500. You can actually trade options with lower than $500, but I'm just using that as a good starting point. But there is no minimum, but sometimes the brokers uh, would like for you to have anywhere between $500 to $2,000 in your account to be approved to trade options. But there technically is no minimum because you can buy options as cheap as pennies on the dollar and you can get an option for $5 or $50. Just depends on if it's a penny stock or if it's a, you know, a more expensive stock like Apple, you won't be getting the option for pennies on the dollars. Now, the part B of that question is, what is the maximum amount of money I can lose trading option? And here is the beauty about trading options, especially if you are a buyer of options. Now, there are some things you can do to lose an unlimited amount of money, but we're just talking about if you're buying options, the beautiful part about it is that you can never lose more than the cost you paid for the option. I want to say that again, maybe a little slower. The beautiful thing about options, if you're buying them, you can never lose more than the amount that you paid for the option. So if you were to buy a call option, meaning you believe a stock is going to go up, so you're bullish, or if you bought a put, you were bearish, you thought the stock was gonna go down because you looked at the chart, you've been through our chart reading course inside of Foundations, and uh, maybe you're inside the forum and you posted it, got some feedback. If you're wrong about that, or the stock goes against you or does the opposite, whether you're bullish or bearish, you can never lose the amount of money more than the amount of money you pay for that option. So if you put up $500 for that option, you can go to sleep at night knowing that the maximum amount of money that you can lose is $500. And I think when you look at a stock, if you were to buy, for example, let's just say Apple, if you were to buy one share of Apple, and I think Apple is trading for, let me look it up here. Apple is trading for $199.46. Let's just round that up to 200 bucks. If you were to buy a share of Apple, it's $200. So you could lose all $200 because Apple could go to zero. Does that make sense? Or if you were to buy, let's just say you were to buy 100 shares of Apple, okay? So that would cost you, what, about $20,000? Let me make sure I'm doing that correct. You got Apple at 200, you were to buy 100 shares, cost you $20,000, okay? So if Apple went to zero, which is unlikely to happen, let's point that out, but if Apple went to zero, you could lose all 20,000. You could buy one option contract, which would control 100 shares. That option contract might cost me 
$15. So 15 times 100 shares, it would actually cost me 1,500 bucks. So the difference is I could buy Apple shares for 20,000 or I can control them for 1,500. Now this is just a made up example, but the point is I could never lose more than the 1,500 that I paid for the option. Now, if you're listening, you might be like, well, the option expires at a certain point, yes. But the point of the question was, how much money could you lose? And the maximum amount that you could lose is the $1,500 that you put into it. And I use that example because you may say, well, Apple's not going to go out of business, go to zero. Apple's a great company, so I would, I would agree that they're not going out of business. But do companies go out of business? Had that ever happened to Enron, Kmart, right? Are there other companies that you can think of that are no longer around that went out of business and people lost every share that they had inside the company? And so when you look at it from that standpoint, options carry the same, if not less risk than actually owning the stock, not accounting for the time component. Some people say, again, the stock isn't that risky because I can hold it forever, but Holding Kmart forever, it went to zero. Holding Enron forever, it went to zero. So there's other companies that have went to zero uh, and it could happen from a risk reward standpoint. Now, the next question that we get is in options trading, does someone have to lose for someone else to win? I wanted to address this question because people think that Haha, if you won, someone lost. And that is not necessarily true in the stock market. So if I, for example, let's just say I own, we'll stick with Apple. I own 100 shares of Apple at $200, okay? So it's $20,000. I could sell you the right to buy Apple from me at 205. So I am selling you an option. So you are coming in and buying an option. We're going to stick with the same example for $1,500. You give me $1,500. I say, hey, I'll sell you my 100 shares of Apple between now and the next 30 days. And you say, great. You give me $1,500, which means you are the buyer of the option. And I'm the seller of the option. So I get $1,500 and you get the right to buy it from me for $205. But I own it at $200. And so if Apple goes to $210, let's just say, well, you're going to call me up and say, hey, I want those Apple shares because you said I can buy them from you at $200 because I gave you $1,500 for that. And I have to deliver you my shares at $205. And so I want you to hear me. Get a piece of paper if you need to. I own Apple at $200. I'm forced to sell it to you at 200 at 205 because you gave me $1500 for that. So, I make okay, the difference between 200 and 205, that's $5. So I made $500 on my shares plus I get to keep the 1500 that you gave me. So, I put up $20,000 and I made $2000. That is a 10% return. So, in my world, I won. Now, in your world, you gave me $1,500 to buy the stock at 205. The stock is trading at 210. So you can buy it now at 205 and turn around and sell it on the open market for 210. So if you paid 
uh, $1,500 to do that and you buy it at 205 and sell it for 210, you make $500 on the difference between 205 and 210 because it's 100 shares and you made five bucks, 500. Now you might be saying, wait a minute, Jason Brown, wait a minute, wait a minute. I gave you 1500 bucks and I only made 500. So I net loss. <laughs> okay. I net loss a thousand dollars. I gave you 1500. I only made 500 on this trade. Well, that was probably a bad example. <laughs> okay. Because in that situation you did lose, but in reality, if I were to do that option trade, or if you were to buy that option from me, you would need the stock to move at least $15 a break even. So you would need the stock to move about $20 or so for you to actually make money. So I probably should have said Apple went from 200 to 220 and that would have made the example a lot better because you would have made $20 a share, which would have been $2,000 on your 100 shares. And you gave me 1500 so you made 500 and then i also made you know the 1500 you paid me plus 500 so my point is we both win if apple goes to 220 but i'm actually glad i did that example because you can see how people can lose money because you could also look at it and pick the wrong strike price or pay too much for an option and overpay for where you think it's gonna go in the amount of time frame. And so that's, again, kind of brings in that component of what makes an option risky. But the, the big picture here is that you both can win, okay? But winning is happens at different numbers for both people. The first person winning happens as long as Apple stays uh, above 200 because that's what he bought it at or that's what I bought it at and I own the stocks. As long as it stays above 200, I win because I keep your 1500 and if it goes to 205, then you call me out and, and buy it from me at 200, at 205 and I also make an additional 500. You win only if Apple goes to 220, but that's the risk you took. You wanted to put up $1,500 because you believe Apple could go to 220 and if it goes to anything less than 220, yeah, you break even. So you need it to be above 220 to break even. So get a pen, get a piece of paper, just write that out if that was confusing. Hopefully it wasn't, but it's just simple math. If you can buy something at 205 and you paid $1,500 for it, right? You needed to go to 220 for you to just to break even. So we talk about how that all works in the course, right? How do I determine my break even and what the stock has to go to? And then we actually look at the chart and say, do we believe the option can get there in this time frame? And that's actually how we determine if an option trade is a bad or a good one or if you have enough time or not. So I wasn't expecting to go there with that question, but I'm glad we did because that's why the course and the information is so important for determining the time frame. But What's your takeaway from this question? Let's repeat the question. In option trading, does someone have to lose for someone else to win? The answer is no. You both can win, win, and everyone's happy. The next question, can I day trade options? This is a simple one. The answer is yes. 
So if you are a day trader and you're looking to kind of supercharge your potential returns, you can actually day trade options. So you can buy in in the morning or the same day and you can sell them and exit out of that trade in the same day. In fact, when I was a day trader, that was the primary way that I day traded. I was day trading options. And uh, maybe I'll make a course on day trading secrets on how I was doing that. But I was making some killer um, returns. Now, I know by mentioning that someone's going to email me and say, how come you don't day trade anymore? And the reason is simply because day trading is like a job. You have to be in front of the computer uh, from 9 to 4 p.m. And I'm just at a point in my life where I don't want to treat this like a job. I like to place my investments, let them work, come back in 30, 60, 90 days, look at them, close it out and move on. But I don't necessarily want to feel like I got to be in front of the computer for eight, nine hours a day trading. But that's what typically happens when you day trade. The next question is option trading a good start for beginners. So when I when I look at this question, because I get I hear this all the time, I'm a beginner. I see you teach options trading. Should I just uh, should I stick with stock trading? Should I stick with options trading? Well, it's kind of like saying, should I go to a community college or should I go to a university? At some point, no matter what, if you want your bachelor's degree, no matter if you start off at a community college or if you start off at a four year university, you're going to end up at a four year university working through this, the, you know, the last two years. Right. And so the reality is you should probably come in straight into a university. And the way I equate it is the first thing you want to learn is the fundamental research, which is what we teach inside of foundations. The second thing you're going to want to learn is how to read a stock chart. So if we were to put that in like years, like first year, even though it wouldn't take you a year, but I'm just trying to equate this to college first year, right? You want to learn fundamental research. Second year, you want to learn how to read stock charts. Okay. Third year, you want to learn call and put options. Fourth year, you want to learn advanced options. So all roads lead to you going to a four-year university anyway. So when you say, should I learn options as a beginner? It's more like, you should you just enroll in the four-year university if that's where you're going to end up, right? So if you don't learn how to trade options as a beginner, what happens is you don't have the strategies to hedge against risk. You don't have the strategies to make money if the stock market goes down uh, if you don't learn how to use options. So if you just come in like, I just want to learn how to trade stocks, then if you learn how to trade stocks, you have one strategy and that is buy and hold. I'm going to buy it, hold it and hope it goes up. But what happens if the market goes sideways or down? Right. If it goes sideways, you didn't necessarily lose money, but you lost time because your stock didn't do anything. You bought it at 10 it went to 11, came back down to 10. That's sideways. It didn't do anything. And it took six months to do that. But if it goes down, then you start to lose money. And so you don't have the tools to make money if it goes down. Plus, if you don't know how to trade options, you don't know how to sell options to hedge against the stock going sideways in which you could have made money all that time you were waiting. And so I believe you should come into the game saying, I'm going to learn the full scope of trading with all of the strategies. Now, 
what people do is they want to make money so bad and so quick that you tell them like, first you need to learn this. And they look and they say, oh, that's going to take me two months or, you know, I'm working and I got a family and that's going to take quote unquote forever. That's, that's the word I hear. Although forever in people's mind is like three months. Like if this go take three months to take control of my financial future, that's too long, which I laugh at those people, right? You'll, you'll never be wealthy, but I see it all the time. Right. Or it takes six months. You know, I'm not able to go through the material as fast as I want. I'm going to come back later. Right. And then they never come back. Right. So you got to make time for what's important to you. And as a beginner, you have to take the time to learn the strategies or else you become a casualty of war in this game. And you end up saying stuff like, I tried something like that at one point. I tried trading. It wasn't for me. I tried doing my own investments and I lost all my money. And uh, typically, if you interview those people, you'd be like, what strategy were you using? Did you know how to trade options? And what'd you do if the stock goes down? What was your game plan? They like, nah, I just, man, I just heard it was coming out with a new iPhone. So I bought some Apple stock, right? <laughs> it was like, oh my God, is that how you invest off rumors? That's called gambling. Okay. <laughs> and so the last question is what should everyone know about options? If you know, what's the overall theme from this series and what should I know about options? What should everyone know about options? Well, there's a few things. I think everyone should know that options are not as hard as they think they are. Number two, everyone's already participating in options, which we explained in the previous episode. So go check that out. But anytime you buy insurance on your car, on your house, you're already participating in options. You just didn't know it. And you're participating from the consumer side. So you're already participating in it. Number three thing that I think you should take away is that options are not more risky. There's just more components to it but it's not risky. It's no difference than when you buy insurance for your car. You have to pick a time frame. They say, do you wanna pay it for it every 30 days, every six months, or pay for it for the year? So you have to pick a time frame. They say, pick how much coverage you want, right? If you get in accidents, do you want us to cover your car? How much for your medical? How much for this? And so those are like your strike prices, okay? Those are the agreed upon prices that they're willing to pay you should something happen. And then once they get all that together, they say it's gonna cost you this much a month or this month for six months or this month for a year. That is the cost of the option. It is not that difficult. It's just you haven't been taught how to translate that over to the stock market. And the fourth and final piece is that if you don't learn how to trade options, I think everybody should know that if they don't learn how to use options in their investments, in their trading, whatever you want to call it, in your IRA, doesn't matter. If you don't learn how to use options, then you don't have the strategies to survive long term. The only way you primarily can make money is by buying, holding and the H word that I never like to use, and that's hoping that the stock goes up because you have no strategies if the stock goes sideways or goes down. So those are the most common questions that we get asked about options. And I hope that this episode 
uh, has truly, truly been helpful for you. And so if you have any questions that we didn't cover, you got a question that is uh, top 11 or 12 <laughs> that we didn't cover, feel free to do a couple of things. Either shoot me a message on Instagram. I'm at Brown Report. Uh, if you love this episode, I'd love for you to shoot me a message on Instagram or, or post on your wall. Take a screenshot of you listen to this on your iPhone or your Android and tag us in it and just let us know um, that you loved it or that you have a question. If you listen to it on iTunes, we'd love for you to leave a rating and a review. And uh, I hope you keep tuning in to the Money Markets and Mindset podcast. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. That is the end of the options series. You should feel like a champion. And more importantly, you should feel more informed on how options work. Now it's time to make options work for you. So check us out over at thebrownreport.com for that free training. And then again, if you want to just dive in and get serious and enroll in the university, powertradesuniversity.com will get you right and we'll get you tight on trading options. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Money, Markets, and Mindset podcast. We hope this episode has been educational and inspirational. To learn more about how to have your money work for you inside the stock market, visit www.thebrownreport.com.